there and welcome to the Fearless Finance Podcast. I'm your host Daniel Britton and this is episode number one. So I'm absolutely delighted you've been here. Uh, it's been a long time in the making um, and I hope you'll find it interesting and enlightening and of value to you. So I'm going to start off by looking at the topic of financial well-being. Well, what does financial well-being actually mean? A good definition has been hard to pin down. I've searched high and low to try and find a definitive answer, but some people can't even agree on the spelling. You have this blessed hyphen in the middle of well-being or not. But a lack of financial well-being is certainly something we can identify with. It's the worry, it's the stress, it's the kind of lack of hope for the future. But if you think about your health and, and well-being in that context, well-being is not necessarily just the absence of illness. Feeling well is feeling vibrant, feeling good, feeling healthy, feeling energetic. So when we come to look at your financial well-being, it's not just the absence of worry or stress or doubt or lack. It's something a little bit more different to that. So one of the important things that I believe is that people can experience financial well-being or its lack regardless of their level of income. So it's a highly personal and individual state of mind and emotions, which is not really covered by traditional numerical measures such as your salary, your bank balance or your net worth. Instead, well-being is defined as having financial security and financial freedom of choice, both in the present and in the future. So a student can therefore experience well-being by feeling in control of their income and expenditure, knowing where they stand without necessarily having a significant net worth by most people's standards. Conversely, a millionaire who's constantly worried about their security or about maximising his or her returns on their investments, less so. So are we only talking about emotions here or something more tangible? Well, I found a report by the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau in the States, which recently surveyed both consumers and finance industry specialists to find out what financial well-being means to them. And it revealed four elements covering both the present and the future. So in the present, the most important thing was financial security, which included day-to-day control over their immediate finances, whether that be weekly or monthly, etc absent from stress and worry about money. And another short-term factor was the freedom to make spending choices they wanted to enjoy life. So whether that was dining out, uh, affording a, a takeaway, their choice of car, whatever that might be, but having the, the freedom to make those choices in the short term and feeling good about them. And then the second part was looking to the future. The most important factors here was having the capacity to absorb what might be a financial shock, such as losing a job or a serious illness, a big change in circumstances. Whilst the financial freedom element meant being on track to meet financial goals. So having some financial goals out in the future and feeling that you were making progress towards them. So maybe that's retirement, maybe that's a savings level, maybe there's a particular uh, object on the horizon that you're aiming for. So in my view, it may be possible to apply figures to financial wellness or well-being, but only after a little investigation and planning. So for example, 
I've, I've heard the, uh, the phrase occasionally where people might just say, I'll be happy when I just have more money. But it's not really a well-defined goal because picking up a penny in the street, would that count as extra money? Obviously not. And there's other people who think that to live the lifestyle they desire, maybe something they've seen on TV or in the films or whatever, they have to win the lottery. But do they know how much that lifestyle will actually cost? How much is that villa in the south of France or that sports car uh, or that designer wardrobe? Can they put a figure on it? I saw recently a survey from mint.com, again, an American survey, and that said that 65% of Americans said they didn't know how much they spent last month. I'll just say that again, 65% didn't know how much they spent last month. So it's little wonder that the same survey found that the average American overspends by $7,500 every year. So it's difficult to know how much money you need or want when you don't know how much you spend right now. Something to think about, I suppose. So how to improve our financial well-being? So bearing in mind what these surveys have revealed, I, I believe personally the starting point is to gain full awareness of where you are financially speaking and where you would like to be. And most people have got a pretty accurate knowledge how much they earn. But as shown in the Mint survey, only 35% typically know how much they spend. I remember when working with young people in a sort of sixth form college age, and they were all talking about part-time jobs and wanted to earn extra money. And they knew to the penny who paid what. The supermarket was paying X per hour. The pizza delivery was paying Y per hour plus tips. Uh, and somewhere else was paying, you know, something different. And they knew and could compare literally to the penny, to the hour, what they were earning. But again, would they know how much they were spending? My, my experience says no. So in order to gain a better idea about how much you're spending every month, banking apps can be really helpful here. So, so many of the high street banks or the new challenger banks have, um, have the apps and the facility in there to to um, track how much you spend and give you a breakdown. And I certainly think the switch to cashless payments we've had over the last year or 18 months makes it easier to tracking, uh, track your spending by using your bank statement or your online account. It takes a little bit of discipline to go through it, but you could print one out or have it on screen and go through line by line. What does that relate to? What does that relate to? And you might find, which many people do, you've got direct debits leaking out there every month to gym memberships you don't use anymore, insurances that you've taken on, on a mobile phone or an appliance that are just not relevant to you anymore. So certainly worth beginning with this awareness step, going through your bank statement and working out what you're spending and, uh, and if there's anything leaking out that you don't need to do anymore. So let's look at step two. Once you've got that organized, uh, if you automate and simplify as much as possible, many people miss deadlines on their bills or credit cards just because they've got too much going on. We've all done it. The danger is though, you get fined by the credit card companies. It screws up your, your credit score uh, and makes it more difficult or more expensive to borrow money. And it's just throwing money away really. But because we've all got busy and complicated lives, 
I think the secret here is to build systems to streamline your finances. So standing orders, direct debits are the way to go and building systems that you can rely on every month that you don't need to think about when your bills are being paid. And continuing the alphabet C theme, we've got step three, C for credit score. A high proportion of people have errors on their credit report. I've seen up to 40% having uh, errors, which is often results in borrowing becoming more expensive or difficult to achieve. So by checking and improving your credit file, you can potentially save a significant amount and also regain some control of your finances, which is what a lot of financial well-being is about. And finally, for this piece, step four is to deal with your debt. If you're carrying loans and credit card debt, this can be a drain on your finances now and also erode your future prosperity. So fortunately at Fearless Finance, we teach proven systems to eliminate debt, which can make you feel better about your money and increase your, felt, your financial well-being. If you'd like to know more of that, come and visit the website, uh, fearlessfinance.co, uh, and I'll link it in the show notes. So there you go, a brief overview of what we mean by financial well-being, also known as financial wellness, um, financial feel-good. The important thing is, that anyone can achieve financial well-being regardless of your level of income or net worth so that's an important step to realize the next thing is to work through these four steps as a beginning point to increase your awareness of where you are and where you want to go to build systems to deal with your credit score and then finally tackle your debt and see if you can switch to cheaper borrowing or eliminate it altogether. So this has been Daniel Britton, episode one of a million of the Fearless Finance podcast. I uh, thank you for your time. I hope you found that useful. And uh, if, you, if you enjoyed the podcast, please like and subscribe. Feel free to leave a comment. I do read all the comments, so um, please jot down your thoughts. And uh, I look forward to borrowing your ears uh, next time around.